Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. In today's show, we're interviewing Pat Hyben, who as a residential real estate agent sold over 6,000 residential homes earning the title of Billion Dollar Agent. He's also the host of Real Estate Rockstar Radio, best-selling author of Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. He's also the founder of Rebus University and Big Profit Agents Community and co-founder of GoBundance. Now, we often talk about mindset and what it takes to create financial freedom with cash flow from assets building wealth outside of Wall Street, and taking control of your own financial destiny. So building that life and business that you love right now, that you don't have to wait 40 years to enjoy your life, requires the right mindset. And you can accelerate your success by modeling the successful few. Now that's why we here at The Money Advantage help business owners build time and money freedom using our three-step cash flow system to help you keep more of the money that you make, protect your money, and make more by investing in assets that build time and money freedom. Now, today we get the opportunity to talk about success, mindset, and creating a life you love with someone who has done it. So who exactly is Pat Hyben? Well, after being labeled learning disabled with speech deficiencies in the second grade, Pat struggled through public school and graduated college in 1987 with a 2.6 GPA. After college, Pat jumped into the sales industry with the least barrier to entry real estate. In his first year, Pat struggled and almost quit, making a little over 13000 in commissions. For the last 30 years, Pat has been heavily involved in the real estate industry as both a top agent, broker, and investor in residential and commercial properties. Throughout his career, he has sold over $1 billion in real estate, including over 500 homes in a single year and 14 homes in a single day. He has been recognized by both Remax and Keller Williams as their number one agent in the world. In 2010, he sold his team business to his longtime partner, Mike Sloan, and went on a book tour to promote his book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With the help of an introduction written personally by Gary Keller, the book went on to sell over 20,000 copies and hit number six on the New York Times bestseller list and number one on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. He's an active investor with over 40 lines of passive income mostly in real estate. In 2014, Pat launched his podcast, Real Estate Rockstars, which has had close to 3 million unique downloads by real estate agents from 108 countries. He currently owns and operates Rebus University and Big Profit Agents, which are training platforms for active real estate salespeople. He has two daughters in their 20s and resides in Folly Beach, North Carolina, with his wife of 25 years. Let's jump right in. Hi, and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. I'm Rachel Marshall, along with my co-host, Bruce Weiner. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Rachel. And uh, our listeners are in for a treat today. It's uh, it's a very big honor for us to have such a well-established person, uh, almost a, a renaissance man, but somebody that has really figured out how to add value into the real estate world. So I'm really excited, and I hope our listeners uh, get a lot of value out of this today. Absolutely. Well, today we have a special guest, Pat Hyben, with us. Pat, welcome to the show. 
Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Bruce. Good to be here. Yeah. Excellent. Well, let's just go ahead and jump right into your story. So tell us a little bit about who you were that led up to you being interested in real estate in the first place. Yeah, that's a funny question because I don't think I was ever really interested, you know what I mean, in real estate. I, I was <clears throat> I was interested in in two things mainly at, at 21 years old. Um, I was interested in making money, make, making more money than my peers, and I was interested in um, not having a boss. And so that led me to being a real estate agent. Um, I never, you know, I didn't drive around at 20 some years old, like thinking, oh, that's a beautiful house. I mean, I, I never really thought that. I mean, I look at houses and properties and buildings and stuff now, but I, I, you know, I still don't have that flair. You know, my wife does all that stuff. So I don't, you know what I mean? So I'm never really interested in uh, real estate, more interested in real estate as a vehicle. Uh, I love that. For myself and my life and my finances. Awesome. So I love that you shared kind of what was driving your um, start into real estate. I know as part of your story that we shared at the beginning, um, you had this catalytic shift then. You got into real estate, it really wasn't what you expected to begin with. And then how, what was that shift for you and the journey from your first years that were kind of in the mediocrity re region, uh, really to being able to build this successful business? What was that shift for you? Well, I, I think the shift came a couple of times in my life. You know, I, I you, you know, the first shift in life, I think, came at, at 20 years old, where all the jobs I had up until that point were, you know, trading time for money. And then I mm -hmm. got a job, um, a commission job. And my first day on the job, I made more money in commissions than I had um, all week at another job that I had, which was uh, in a deli slicing meats. And I said, damn, I made, I just made in six hours, I made, you know, more money than I made in six days slicing meat. So that, that right there was a shift. And then after college, I uh, took that shift and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do a commission job um, where most people don't, you know what I mean? They're like, I'm going to do a salary job. And mm -hmm. I went for a commission job with fat commissions, right? I wasn't going to do a job where there was... $200 commissions, right? With selling mm -hmm. machines. I was going to do a job where there's $2,000 commissions selling houses. Only made logical sense to me at the time, you know? Um, and then that was a, that, that was a little bit of a shift. And then, and then I started working with buyers and sellers buying houses. And about three years in, I had another shift. And that was that I couldn't control my life um, with all these people wanting all these things all at the same time. So I, I committed to being um, more working with the listings, with the houses, putting them up for sale and having all the other agents sell them versus me being one of those agents that takes people around trying to sell the other guy's listings. You know what I mean? So I became right. an agent. And then I shifted uh, about eight, nine, ten years later again about um, – that I wanted to build a business, you know, I read the E-Myth and I, um, I started understanding business better. It took a while, you know, and it probably took a decade after college. And then, then I said, I want to build a business. And I started building a business. Then I built a team. Then I built a mortgage company, title company, several other businesses. Um, 
and then the market crashed. And then I think that there was another shift. Um, actually, there was another shift right before that, about 10 years before the market crashed, about eight years before the market, when the stock market crashed, because I was, I was earning money and then investing it in the stock market, earning money and investing in the stock market. Ah, okay. And so I had, um, at one point, I talk about this in my book, um, Six Steps to Seven Figures, but I talk about how I had $1.2 million and I was so excited because I was a millionaire. Uh-huh. And the stock market crashed um, and uh, it went down to 356000 yep. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I lost like a million dollars in 12 months. And, and, and that certainly, you would hope someone gets a shift from that. So I got a shift from that that said that I, I want to start investing in real estate versus relying on the stock market. So then I, I love became, it. Then I, then I started investing in real estate and, um, you know, then the market crashed again. And um, luckily I was able to keep investing in real estate, but then I kind of shifted just in my mind and my personal space. And I said, I don't want to do this anymore. So I, you know, sold my team business, got out of that, that business, um, got into the training business. Eventually we, I moved, I, I spent my whole life in the state of Maryland, moved to South Carolina, which is a 12 hour drive away point to point, um, four years ago. And now I just, um, um, do a podcast. I do, I have a mastermind business called GoBundance, which has 180 um, members of, of high-achieving men. And um, I have an online training school, Rebus University, that trains real estate agents and real estate investors uh, how to make more money in the game of real estate. I love, there is so, so, so much packed into that. I mean, we could um, unpack that for probably the next three hours, but um so come back for a minute. You mentioned that you wanted to build a business. So this was kind of up early on when you mentioned the first three shifts. You said um, that you wanted to build a business, not just sell real estate. And I think that a lot of times people don't think of their work as being a business. What was that for you? What was building a business and how is that different than just working in real estate as a self-employed person? You know, I think that at the end of the day, um, we want to, you know, real estate sales, just like many jobs, is an all-consuming business. Mm -hmm. It consumes you. Like, it eats you. And every deal is, is fat. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're going to make $100 a deal, it's easy to be like, ah, I'm going to go play golf. But if you're going to make, you know, $10,000 a deal, it's going to be like, no, I got to take this. You know, so so it starts to consume you. And, and I, I realized early on when when we started having kids that I needed to spend more time. It was really my wife that was like, you need to make a decision, you know, and that decision was, you know, family or work. And um, I decided family and, the, and, and the, the way to the family and not drop everything and become a lawyer or, or change careers was um, building a business. So it was really out of necessity more than it was out of like a conscious thing. Like I want to be a businessman. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I started doing that and I started buying time. I really was in, I was in it for the time. I wasn't in it for the additional money. Uh, luckily it, it paid more money being a businessman than it did 
being a realtor. Well, it's interesting because with building a business that requires a team. So you're relying on a team and a team dynamic and you're working in your unique ability. There's also scaling and leverage that's happening there. And you mentioned buying time. And that's where I think a lot of times people will say, well, I just want a lot of money. Well, you don't really just want a lot of money. You want financial freedom. Well, you don't even just want financial freedom. You want the time freedom that the financial freedom creates. And so I'm hearing all of that in what you're sharing and you were able then to make that shift and decision to say, I, I don't want to just wait for this 30 years from now that I'll finally enjoy my life and finally enjoy my family when they're all grown. I'm going to enjoy my life right now. And so I see that you clearly made that decision and set your life up according to that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Pat, um, <clears throat> we talked to a lot of real, real estate investors, <clears throat> and but we also talked to a lot of uh, realtors. Um, uh, and they always talk about listing agents and selling agents. And I, I tend to think that most people like yourself would like to become mainly listing agents. Can you actually talk about the pros and cons of being a listing agent and the pros and cons of being a selling agent and the skill set that you have to have for both of those? Sure. Uh, I mean, like the pros and cons, I'll start with a selling agent. Like the pros, the pros are you can start day one. Like, like, you know, you can, you can join a team. Um, it generally when you join a team, which, you know, a large population of agents now are on teams, you know, some say that 10 years in the future, it'll be all teams. Um, but you can join a team and that team could give you buyer leads from day one, right? Like literally an hour out of the gate, you can be talking to a buyer who's considering buying a house okay. um, or showing them. And that's a huge benefit for a selling agent, a buyer agent. Now, the problem with that is that, again, it's 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 addictive. It's like a little bit of heroin, right, <laughs> that's going to get dripped and dripped on you purposely um, for the rest of your career because what happens is – once you get caught and you get busy and you just keep taking them and taking them and taking them, you never, it's very difficult to stop, to quit the, the drug and, and then start uh, becoming uh, a listing agent. And the listing agent is the one that has all the control. You know, the listing mm -hmm. agent decides when the house goes on the market, you know, who gets to see it. Um, you, you know, has a thousand agents working for them in an auction type atmosphere um, bringing them offers rather than them being one of the thousand that's writing an mm. offer, you know, and disappointing their buyers. So, so <clears throat> the, you know, whenever I talk to agents, I said, you know, if you can help it, you, you really ought to start from the beginning as a listing agent. You really ought to be, you know, from day one, a listing agent, instead of taking that free lead from that team, that little drip of heroin, you know, go, go knock on doors and start talking to people about, um, you know, can I list your house, you know, and just have the mindset from day one that you're going to be a listing agent. And the only buyers you're going to work are a byproduct of your listing. So the only way you can get buyers would be a byproduct of said listing. So somebody calls and says, I want to see it. Or someone calls and says, how, what's the price, you know? Yeah. And uh, how do you, mm -hmm. what are some of the techniques to become a listing agent? Because I live in a pretty desirable neighborhood in St. Louis and there's not a week goes by that I don't get a postcard in my mailbox that says we have 
people that would like to buy your home. Um, is that the main thing that people do is just reach out to certain neighborhoods or, or how do you, how do you actually just become a listing agent? Yeah. I mean, there's a plethora of ways. I mean, if you don't have any money, right. And you don't have the money to send a postcard or you don't actually have a buyer that wants to buy your home, Bruce, the way you become a listing agent is, you know, I talked to this great kid, Sean Anthony, who, who, um, you know, came on my show a couple of weeks ago and he, um, was he had a telemarketing job? He was making forty two thousand dollars a year. He he applied for his real estate license. They emailed him at like ten in the morning, saying, "Okay, here's your license via email." Now, what most agents do when they get their license, you know, they spend like two weeks, you know, finding a desk and sending little mementos and flowers and I don't know what the hell they do, <laughs> getting ready to get ready. Uh-huh. What John did is he didn't even go to the office. He didn't get business cards. He didn't do none of that. All he did is he he left his job. He quit. And by 11 o'clock that morning, he was knocking on doors in the neighborhood. Hmm. He had heard a podcast that that was what he should do. So he he started knocking on doors and, and until he got a, you know an appointment, until he got a listing. And then he still does that today. And uh, last year he made over two hundred thousand dollars, and he's only been in business eighteen months. So he went from fifty-two to two hundred thousand, and he just did it by by you know going straight to it and figuring it out later. You know, he did he he basically fire ready aimed the whole process. So he did the business producing, the profit making activity, rather than all the the side things. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, it's just interesting. so then you became the number one agent in the world for two different companies over the course of your career. So can you share a little bit about how you built that for yourself? And then I know that you unpack that a lot in your book, Six Steps to Seven Figures. Um, so I want to talk about the book as well. But what was your path that led you to be able to have that type of success? Yeah. Um well, you know, I think I was lucky in the sense that, uh, number one, you know, when I started, I started building a team, as we talked about, to get more free time at home. Now, at the time, teams, nobody had teams, you know, so so it was a new concept. So it enabled me to sell a lot more houses than most people because there wasn't all these teams. Um, so you kind of pioneered that then? Yeah, I never want to say that. I mean, yeah, in my area, let's say at least. Okay. You know, okay. my area. Um, Fair enough. And then, and then, so um, obviously, what I was doing at the time was building a really strong surfboard. And um, when the wave hit, which was like 2001, 2002, 2003, four, five, you know what I mean? Where prices kept going up. Man, I had an awesome surfboard and I couldn't fall off. You know, no matter what you did, it just, you you won. You know, we we opened a mortgage company, opened a title company. We tried this, we tried that. Everything we tried worked, right? And in a Mm. great time. And and so I, 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 you know, that's the best way for me to put it. Um, um, and then, of course, the wave crashed. Um, and I think that I was in that 
realm, like I liken it to gambling. Like a lot of people, you know, whenever people gamble, they always win. But <laughs> I make that comment all the time. And, you know, they always win. At some point in the gambling, the only difference between a winner and a loser is um, who quits, right? Because like you could be winning, 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 but then if you don't quit, then you lose. And then the next morning you're like, did you win or lose? Well, I lost, right? Your answer uh -huh. But the same person sitting next to you, if they quit and they, and they take all their winnings and they go back to their hotel room and put it in a safe and then watch movies for the rest of the night in Vegas, <laughs> they seem to be for some reason a superior human being than you because they won, you know, right. They were playing the same game. Am I making sense? They really didn't win. They just, yeah, they just stopped at the right time. Yeah. They wouldn't be yeah. better at gambling. Uh huh. <laughs> right? Everybody wins at some point. That's why you keep gambling, you know? So, you know, that's kind of what I did. I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to the room and watch videos for a while. I'm just going to take all my winnings. So I fired 22 people in like one year. Next year, I fired like 12 people. Like, like really just like, like I'm out. And then, um, um, and then I, I wrote, that's when I wrote my book. And then I, um, and then, th then after I wrote my book, I started, you know, doing some investing. And um, some of those investments have done really well because it was, again, it was another wave. You know what I mean? It was like a double, it was like another wave hit. And um, so some cool things have happened. And then, um, and then you know, um, I, I don't know. I don't remember what the question was. That's okay. I was talking about what was your um, path to being um, the number one agent in the world. And, and I like how you're sharing honestly that part of it was what you did in your actions yeah. and then part of it was the timing. Um, I think it's doing the right thing at the right time. That's the thing. You, you know, a lot of people do you know, all my friends. I have a ton of friends that were agents that were like, uh, please let there be another, you know, real estate wave. I promise I won't blow it this time. You know, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> a lot of people do, do, do the right thing at the right time, but then they blow it or they, um, they uh, don't maximize it. You know, they don't realize they're in the right time. They don't get out at the right time. Um, they don't uh, save, right? They're not mm -hmm. conservative. You know, they keep changing. You know, they keep chasing a, a different angle. I think the most most people that I've seen that are successful are, you know, do do jobs really, really good, stick with them, and, um, you know, constantly are, are kind of like a dog digging dirt, like, like um, throwing the, the dirt in the back of the dog and then hoarding it away, saving it, mm -hmm. saving it. I don't know if that's an analogy, but, you know, like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, just like, you know, saving money, putting it away, investing wisely um, rather than think that it's going to last forever. Yeah, that's a good, you know? that's a good point. And we, we do talk to a lot of realtors and that's the message that we're, Rachel and I are actually trying to get to them is that there is a natural business cycle. So you're going to see upswings in any industry, and then you're going to see downswings. The people that actually save so that they can weather the downswings and actually prosper in the downswings. And real estate, real estate is a great example. I mean, uh, whenever the prices do correct and actually go downward, 
those are the times if you have the capital to purchase are the best times that you can get into the particular thing. So what I, what I hear you say is that things change. Where do you see the disruption in the industry coming from in the future? Technology. I mean, I don't know if that's too broad of an answer. And the technology you think is going to just make it easier for the individuals, the buyers to not necessarily see the value or have as much value for the, for the realtor? Or do you, you think that the realtor is going to have the technology to make the, the experience even better for the buyer and seller? Well, I think the realtors, I think both, but, but I think more number one. Because um, I don't know if the real estate companies have enough money. You know what I mean? A lot of these real estate companies aren't even public. You know what I mean? And some of these companies that are out there that are building these technologies are public companies. I mean, you're talking billions and billions. You're talking like, you know what I mean? Google and Amazon. And I'm not talking about those specifically, but I'm just talking about, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of the real estate companies, yeah, they got some money, but they don't got you know, Google money or Zillow money or, you know what I mean? Like some of these companies, they could come out with these technologies that, so here's the thing, like already the value of a real estate agent has diminished. This happened 15 years ago when the National Association of Realtors sold the rights to the MLS, right? The realtors had the power. We blew it. We sold it. Now the world has the power, right? So that's one thing. Everybody can find out what the hell a house is worth, you know, by looking on their phone now. And it's going to get even worse. I mean, for it's going to even be better for the consumer, worse for the agent. Then, you know, um, Zillow came out with this estimate as well as about 15 other technology companies about trying to figure out what your house is worth, right? Mm-hmm. So then the real estate agent who used to be the only one that could tell you what your house is worth has been, you know, boofed right now technologies are coming out with blockchain and all this stuff where um the realtor would catch the an offer submitted to the realtor and the realtor reviews the offer like a lawyer which is really bs they don't most realtors unfortunately don't barely look at it for five minutes they just look at the price and the settlement date and then they wait a couple hours or a day or something then they give it to the seller and they say my recommendation is you counter offer with this well, there's all kinds of technologies with blockchain now where that, you know, when a buyer submits an offer, it goes right to the seller. And it just happens to be carbon copy to the agent. So the seller could see it mm-hmm. simultaneously. And the buyer can make as many lowball offers as they want, which is fine. You know what I mean? I mean, who cares, right? What they The, the seller can mm-hmm. always say no. But at least there's none of this, um, you know, agents that uh, – don't submit offers or lawsuits about, Hey, it wasn't fair. My offer wasn't first because the blockchain shows you what time everything came in and, you know, and, and what was said exactly is a record of every single thing that happened. Right. So that then takes care of, um, you know, the value of the real estate. Also there's technology now that reads every offer and gives advice as to, you know, legal advice as to, Oh, they missed this and they missed the, they didn't initial down here and they didn't, you know, I don't, I, I recommend that you remove this addendum. Like, so this technology wow. exists, right? It's like a, a virtual lawyer, like a, an uh, um, 
artificial intelligence review. Already, it's already there, right? Um, <clears throat> so more and more things are happening. So it's it's only a matter of time. And and, and another thing that's happening is um, the the control that the consumer has as a seller is uh, the, is increasing so that they're able to determine how much they want to pay an agent. So I'll give you an example where before the agent would go and say, okay, I'm going to list your house. I'm going to, I'm going to take this much percentage and I'm going to pay out half to anybody mm-hmm. else that wants to sell it. The seller would say, you know what? I don't think you should pay out half. I think realtors, you know, they're overpaid. Pay them a thousand bucks instead mm-hmm. of 8,000, right? Mm-hmm. And they just say, you can't do that. Uh, you can't do that. Yeah. And, seller, and I'm making this all up, right? And the seller would say, well, why not? Well, it goes against our, our, you know, code of conduct, right? Or my broker won't let me do that. Okay, fine. Well, let's find a broker that, that, that basically just does everything right. online, doesn't give a shit, right? So then, then, then the seller, the seller can now hire these brokerages that basically, um, the, you fill in the number of bedrooms, number of baths, you upload pictures, da da da, and then you answer all the questions about your house. And one of the questions is, oh, what do you want to pay the agent? Well, I think you know the X percentage is is a lot on a five hundred thousand dollar house. You know, um, maybe I think an agent might, you know, they bring me a good buyer. I'll give them twenty five hundred bucks, and they type in twenty five hundred bucks. Well, an agent on on a five hundred thousand dollar house might be expecting a fifteen thousand dollar commission. Then all of a sudden they're getting twenty five hundred dollars from this person. Now you would say, oh, they can decide. They can decide um, right. not to show the house as the agent. Well, what happens is they might not have that choice. <clears throat> um, so now what happens is that, you know, they say, okay, well, I'm going to just give that agent instead of 15 grand, I'm going to give him 2,500 bucks. We'll see what happens. I don't care. Hey, if it doesn't sell, I can raise it to 3,500 bucks. So um, the, the, the agent, the listing agent or, or who's ever talking to him could be like, well, no one's going to show it. Right. Mm-hmm. No one's going to, they're going to look at that 2,500 bucks and they're going to say, I'm expecting to make 15. I'm, I'm out right. and I'm not going to show your house. But, you know, in today's reality, that that's not accurate because with with everything being online, the buyer's going to see it and the buyer doesn't get shown the commission. So the buyer's the one or they're seeing the houses online um, through Redfin and Zillow and, and Realtor.com. Mm-hmm. They don't there's no barrier to entry there. Right. Realtor.com and Zillow don't say, hey, you have to pay other agents a certain amount. Mm-hmm. They say we will put on this listing for you for five bucks or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so the buyer sees it. The buyer says, Oh, there's 13 houses for sale in River Hill neighborhood. I want to see all 13. The agent just schedules all 13. They go 12 of them are paying them 15 grand. One's paying them 2,500. They don't know. The buyer says, I'll take this one. And they realize after it's all said and done that they've, only getting $2,500. So my point is, it's, again, it's it's not in the control of the agent. So there's so many things that, that everyone thinks that the agent is controlled 
in controlling where they used to control it. Mm-hmm. Even five years ago, they used to control it. So it propped up the commissions. Um, and now they don't control them anymore. And as time goes on, they're going to control less and less. And you're going to see a, 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 just a breakdown, I think, in commissions. And you're going to see a decoupling almost where it's like, okay, well, if you want more than 2500 then you as a buyer got to pay it yourself. Yeah, that's interesting. In 2010 was when I bought my current house. And I actually, I actually, my wife and I were not um, in desperate need to actually buy another home. We were just looking around. So I actually went on Craigslist and found some homes that were listed and did, we didn't have a buyer's agent. So we went to an open house. We really liked this home, but I didn't want to mess with the negotiations myself. So I then had a, a realtor that I wanted to represent me. And after it was all over, it hit me. You know, I probably could have negotiated and said, you know, can you rep- represent me for less? Because all you're doing, you didn't find me any homes. I told you exactly what I want in this home and how much. Can you just negotiate the contract for me? So are those the kind of things that you're saying is that there's just so much information out there now that uh, the buyer, um, the individual person has a lot more negotiating power? Yeah, absolutely. Like that, like now you, you, you could have went, you can go online now, not in all markets, but, but in the future, this is what, what I see happening. You just go home that night and you log up online, just like, you filling out an application to buy a new headset online mm-hmm. or a new product. And you just go online and fill in the blanks of what you want to offer and the settlement date and shoot it mm-hmm. over. So, Pat, then you not only recognize the signs of saying, okay, the market is changing, the demographics, the, the landscape of business for me is changing. I need to find a way to shift. And so I see that you went towards um being creating a digital platform for online training which is just a powerful way to be able to share your knowledge with not just one person at a time but many people and providing this resource and giving value and then you mentioned going into real estate as well so you were taking multiple shifts to build a new business and jump into real estate so as you did that can you share with us a little bit in this book that you created um, I know I'm I'm kind of taking this multiple directions, but you also created a book with that, which for you is just a super smart, intelligent move to say, how can I get my knowledge base out into the world and help other people succeed? What is in that book? If you could just unpack it real briefly for somebody who is looking at that title right now, six steps a second to yeah, seven. Well, originally, Rachel, I tried to answer that question. You said like, how did you build the bit? How did you go from zero to hero? Basically, how did you go from <clears throat> you know thirteen houses your first year to um, or thirteen thousand dollars your first year to you know five million dollars in commissions a couple of years in a row and number one Remax number one at Keller Williams and 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 I wrote like this five hundred page book and um, then the publisher said hey you need to you know it, it, you know what started out as like a life story sort of chronological book uh, had to be cut in half or more uh, and made into what they call an airplane read which is you. you you started at the beginning of a flight and finished by the time the flight lands. And um, so I went back to the drawing board, went to a library for like three weeks straight and just sorted through all these pages. And then I came out with, 
you know, basically everything fell into six things that I did. And I came up with six steps. And then it naturally was like six steps to seven figures. So that's, so I, I, I basically map out the six steps that I believe that everybody should follow. And then if you follow them, then it, it will lead you to, you know, having a million dollars or more um, simply by following. That's awesome. So if you can share real briefly anything that's in that book that maybe a couple of the steps that would apply to somebody in real estate. And also we have a listenership as well that's in business as they're scaling and growing their business. Um, how would you say that this book applies to them and maybe what are a few of those key steps? Yeah, sure. Well, um, you know, the, the most popular step that I think that people really like that, 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 that they haven't heard, that they don't consider a cliche, like they haven't heard them, you know, or some form or fashion before is, um, is the step five, which is build. And I say build, I say, you know, build on a success up, not the ground up. And, and, and mm-hmm. by this, I mean, a lot of people just, you know, they try to build these, these massive skyscrapers or massive businesses or whatever you want to call them, um, you know, from the ground. Right. And, um, but they haven't had any success in that, um, arena. And, and from a real estate perspective, real estate agent perspective, I put it this way. If you sell a house in a neighborhood or on a street, you don't go and try to list another house in a neighborhood two miles away. You're so much smarter to go and try to list another house on the same street because you could use that first sale as a springboard. You could say, hey, my name is Pat and I just sold your neighbor's house. It just gives mm-hmm. you that much more of an edge because you have, you're have you suddenly the neighborhood expert, even though it might have been your first house you ever sold. You, right. If you sold a house to a teacher, you go to the the PTA meetings or you go to the teacher's luncheons or you say, send me some more teachers. So you could say to the next teacher, I sold Mrs. Miller's house. Uh, she's the social studies teacher at such and such school. And then suddenly this teacher trusts you a hundred times more because you sold another teacher's a house. You know what I mean? So you're building mm-hmm. success up versus the ground up. And I talk about several times in my life where I've taken a small success and built on it, then built on it, then built on it, then built on it, then built on it, built on it. You know what I mean? I love, yeah, I love that you're, that's how you would find your niche then. It wouldn't just be, oh, I'm going to go serve this particular market or this particular people group, but it came organically to you. And then you said, well, if I can sell with this person or this industry or this teacher market, or if I can sell on this neighborhood, then I can continue that success. And I think sometimes people are looking for the way to find their niche or find their their one thing. And that sounds like a really good way to be able to build that by focusing on the past success that you've had. Absolutely. So um, we're going to definitely make sure that the link to that book is in the show notes as well. I wanted to springboard from that and share a little bit about your podcast, why you're running your podcast right now, um, why you are sharing your knowledge with other real estate agents through the training platform. And then I absolutely do want to dig into GoBundance. Sure. I mean, I, I so, you know, I found that after a certain point in my life that I, I had reached out to so many mentors, and that's a chapter in the book as well, mentors, um, where I reached out to so many mentors that had pulled me up and, um, you know, hadn't been really pulling up people 
myself. So I started doing things to start pulling up other people. And, and you know, the start was the book because you could pull up, a, you can help a lot of people with the book. And then, and then um, I started to um, do the podcast as a way of helping out other agents of giving back to the real estate community. And then, then I started my training courses really, to be honest with you, as a, as a, a way to monetize the podcast, because you know, at the end of the day, you know, these podcasts are a lot of work and um, they take time and you got to pay the bills and you should be making a profit from them. So I started mm -hmm. a training platform where agents can go on and learn with online courses how to sell more houses. And then we talk about that and advertise that on the podcast itself. And then in about, about six years ago, I started, um, I had two friends who, um, they're not like friends, like college friends or, or in that, in that sort of realm, they were people that I met at business conferences and we didn't own businesses together, but we had similar beliefs that you should uh, create horizontal lines of income. And what a horizontal line of income is an income that pays you sideways, Right rather than vertically. Like most people strive for vertical. If you're in car sales, you sell 45 cars last year, your goal is to sell 50 this year. You want to increase vertically the, your income. Same thing with a government job. You get a 3% raise every year. That's increasing vertically. And, and, and the three of us believed in horizontal lines, like creating horizontal lines and then living financially free from those horizontal lines. And we became the, we began to count them and we began to um, you know, you know, excite each other about, them. oh, I just bought, you know, this house and it pays me $400 a month. Oh, I just bought this shopping center and it pays me this, or I just. So horizontal being multiple streams of income from yeah. assets. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Excellent. I, I knew we were on the same page there. Yep. That's great. And then we, and then we, and then, and then um, we started doing traveling together and we did some epic uh, bucket list adventures where we just did some really, really cool stuff. And then we said, you know what, you know, we should actually invite other people. So we started inviting other people. But then we said, you know what, you know, suddenly we have all these people that want to travel with us and talk about horizontal income, talk about, you know, doing epic adventures in life. Um, we should start charging them. So then we started charging them. And um, now we have a mastermind. We have 180 members. They're all men. Um, and they, um, we do bucket list adventures. We just had 27 of us get back from Japan. We, we have over 20 of us going to Patagonia in Argentina. We have, you know, we've been to Norway. We've, we've been all over the Vietnam. And, and then, but then we also get together several times a year. We talk about investing and we invest together and we, um, and we talk about um, health, you know, age defying health. And we talk about relationships and, and it's expanded, and now we have something called Fambundance, where the, the 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 members all bring their families, and then they just started um, uh, GoBundance for Women, and there's 18 women. Uh, Rachel, I'll tell you about it um, offline, but there's 18 women that are are getting together that all, all love uh, achievement and growth and money and and things that you know you generally don't talk about with you know 
neighbors and stuff. Well, you need a like-minded community. And I think that's what you have created. And actually, GoBundance has been um, something that I've been aware of for probably, I want to say, close to two or three years now. Not even sure how it came across my, um, my radar. But it's just really cool to see that type of a community that's close-knit, that's like-minded, that's doing life together, that's not only living a life in business they love now, but they're doing it together in community and continuing to accelerate and grow. And so that's just powerful. I did not realize that you were one of the founding members and I saw it on your your links. And then I dug in deeper and found out that I think you had met one of those relationships. I think it was over 20 years ago. And that's kind of the the catalytic moment that- uh, Yeah, there's another catalytic moment when David Osborne and I met. You know, we met and then we just had like minds. You know what I mean? And it was very hard because the, a lot of people don't think like us, you know? So, mm-hmm. so. Well, I love that you kind of just shared the importance of being in community. I mean, that's important as you're growing your business. That's important as you're developing and accelerating your business and also your investing and just having that like-minded community of people that are going the same direction that you are building time and money freedom is so important. So um, Pat, what are you working on now that we can help you with? And then if anyone is interested in connecting with you, we'll absolutely have all your links in the show notes, but what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? You know, you can Google me. I'm all over social media. Um, and, um, you know, I, I if, if you want to check out the book, I have a free plus shipping offer, which just means you can get it for free. You just got to pay the shipping costs and it's, it's free six steps book.com. That's free spelled out S I X free S I X stepsbook.com um and um that will also take you in a funnel where you can buy you know if you want other products and some you know shows you a little bit about our online training for real estate agents which is rebusuniversity.com um and of course there's a podcast listen to the podcast it's uh it's called real estate rock stars every monday wednesday and friday that is a lot, uh, a lot of content going out there. I knew that you were three times a week and I said, oh my goodness, that's amazing. That's pretty epic. Awesome. Well, we will absolutely make sure that all of your links are in the show notes. Pat, thank you so much for being our guest today, for sharing your time, your knowledge, your just your, um, your mentality, your mental capital, and just your way of thinking, your mindset with us. I think that's one of the most valuable things that as we're continually helping people to expand their mindset to really be able to build a life that they love. It's really about following the people who've gone before them and build that type of success that they would like to model. And so just thank you for being an epic example of that today. You're welcome, Bruce, Rachel. Thank you so much. This has been really fun. Let's stay in touch. Thank you, Pat. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. It's a, this has been a very a great treat for me and I'm sure our listeners is going to be a great treat for them too. Have a great day. You too, guys. See you later. Absolutely. Thanks. In closing, remember, success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd, and build a life and business you love. Do you have an established business and make great income, but feel like you can never get ahead or just plain have financial confusion? Get the business owner's three-step roadmap to achieve time and financial freedom without working harder or sacrificing your lifestyle. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash roadmap to get your roadmap and free training. And when you register, you'll also get access to our ultimate money finder cheat sheet that you can use to recover lost cash flow and save on taxes. 
Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on the moneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated Member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and Investment Advisory Services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and Registered Investment Advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.